Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 21st ever episode of Inside Outlook, the official podcast of Asian Outlook Magazine. My name's Mike, and joining me today, Miss Sophie Chung. Sophie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Sophie, can you just introduce yourself real quick? Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. Definitely. I'm a photographer, filmmaker, and designer. And I'm originally from Hong Kong, but I've moved to the U.S. to study photography and just graduated. So now I'm just pursuing it full time. Okay, so can we backtrack a little bit? Can you tell me um, just a little bit about your story in terms of life overall, um, what it was like growing up in Hong Kong or when you came over? Definitely. So I actually also went to boarding school in England for middle and high school. And then I returned to Hong Kong for university. So I think this is might be slightly interesting. Um, and I think it definitely influenced me as an artist very much. And well, I guess school in Hong Kong was very interesting because everyone was so focused on, you know, being the best, being the super professional, like in finance, especially coming from Hong Kong. And, you know, everyone wants their sons and daughters to be a lawyer or like a doctor and I think interestingly when everyone was so focused on that I started questioning like what really is the meaning for all this and you see people being depressed about all this kind of career choice and I think this gave me the courage to pursue something creative and I think that's why I decided to come to the US afterwards. Okay so how long have you been based out of the states here? Uh, just one year so far. So I came here last June. Oh, wow. Okay. So were you working in art and design, things like that back in Hong Kong as well? No. Well, back in Hong Kong, I was studying architecture design. So it's still somewhat related, but it's something that, you know, seems a lot more serious than what I'm mm -hmm. doing right now. Okay. So is that what sort of drove you to architecture as a focus of study? The fact that it's a bit artistic in a way? Yeah, definitely. My parents are definitely not tiger parents, but they still wanted me to pursue something professional. And so they were like, you know, medicine, law, law or like architecture, engineering. And so I chose architecture. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit more about that jump going from studying architecture to coming to the States and doing art full time? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think being here is so eye opening, just because like, people here are so open. They're so accepting. And I love being in New York, just because people are so very different to back in like Hong Kong, I think, because people around me were very, they honestly, they were like mostly depressed, or just very serious about their careers. I felt like no one really was like fun. And mm -hmm. but being here, everyone is so willing to col collaborate. And everyone just really wants to create something that is different. And I like that about being in New York. Absolutely. And so you've sort of used the word depressed twice now, I believe, two yeah. times to describe how it was back home. Yeah. <laughs> was that something that was only in the, I suppose, creative community and everyone felt stifled? Or is that something that you've noticed throughout your life for everyone there? Honestly, back in Hong Kong, I never met anyone who was doing something creative uh, full time. I Back in my university, I met so many friends or students who wanted to create to pursue something creative but they were discouraged to do so and so in return they 
you know, pursued something that is professional. And because of this, many of them are so depressed. And it's not just people who want to pursue something creative. It's people who have absolutely no idea what they wanted to do as well. And literally just a few days ago, I received a text message from a friend who I haven't heard of from in like a year because after graduating from a professional degree, he pursued something finance and he literally just told me he's feeling very depressed about his career choice and he asked if we could talk. And this just happens so often that I thought it was ridiculous. And I've had so many close friends surrounding me who had attempted suicide or literally been like clinically diagnosed with depression because of how lost they feel and because they just don't know what to do with their lives. And I think that's it's very sad to see because honestly, they're so young and they have such a great future ahead of them. I just don't think I just wish like they could enjoy themselves a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. That's I'm sorry to hear all that. It seems like to me, a lot of people are talking about how the younger generations now are feeling lost or depressed. Mm -hmm. Of course, a lot of people know about Asian American societal pressures and things like that. I've never heard that specific slice of those things come together, though. It seems like there's a lot of stories there that people are missing and that those definitely should be explored more. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I decided to make the project The Dragon Dream. And it's basically a 10 minute short film, short narrative film that explores this great academic pressure placed on young people in different Asian societies. Because being in America, I realized that it's not just the people in Asia, it's the people who moved here and in different kinds of Asian societies too, like Korean, you know, Japanese, Chinese, Vietnamese, Indian, and Mm-hmm. This cultural imperative to succeed in school causes a lot of serious mental health problems. And so the film's mission is to shine a light on this issue. And where can people find more about that project? They can find more about that project at uh, www.thedragondreamfilm.com. So aside from that, we actually also made an Instagram account. In the beginning, we wanted mm-hmm. to promote the film and, you know, we would post behind the scenes, that kind of material. But then we started interviewing people, like real life people, and asking them to share their stories with us. And we call this hashtag the Dragon Dream Monologues. And that's, this series has been so popular. Me and my producer, we went to this event the other day about mental health and Literally, some of those people came to us afterwards and they told us that they've seen our monologues and we were so happy to hear that and that many people have thanked us for sharing these stories. And so I hope to continue to make this series and share these stories with others. That's incredible. And I know that so for that project, there's absolutely things to be said for creating art to explore certain themes. Mm -hmm. And there's also definitely something to be said for just going out and recording, documenting the stories that are there raw as they are in the real world. And the fact that you're doing both of those within the same sort of umbrella project, dealing with that same theme, that's that's incredible. That's crucial, I would say. Thank you. And so I know you were talking again about people who weren't sure what path they wanted to take, either in art or just in general in Mm -hmm. life. Can you talk a little bit about how art manifested itself throughout your life, even early on? Yeah, definitely. Um, So I went to England when I was like... 11 years old and I we lived in the suburbs and if you have seen Harry Potter 
my school was literally like that, Mm -hmm. except there was no magic. Uh, (laughs) And so I would study really, really hard. But on the side, it was so boring to me because Hong Kong is basically like an Asian New York City. There was so much going on. But being in a school like this, like it was just so boring to me. I remember like mom would come visit sometime and we would go traveling and my dad as well. And I, my dad would always hold his camera. And in the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, this is so boring. But then the more I did it, I just found it super interesting. And so I used to take his old cameras and just take pictures of the most random things in my room. And I remember when I had to study, I would just end up taking pictures of like an apple on the ground or like blueberries. And then I would just edit them to make them look interesting. But the thing is, Back then, I was. I also had this mindset where I have to pursue something professional. And so I dropped all this kind of art interest that I had to go to architecture school. And then, so it's something that's sort of mm-hmm. been there throughout your life. And then when you first introduced yourself here, you mentioned photography, mm-hmm. filmmaking, and design. Can you talk a little bit about what those mean exactly for you personally? With photography right now, I've been photographing many different influences, actors. Um, so recently I just went to LA to shoot with Jenim, who's a lifestyle and fashion blogger, as well as um, she's just recently started her own brand, Eggy. I also recently shot with actress Arden Cho. And filmmaking, basically I've been working on the Dragon Dream and these the Dragon Dream monologues. And in regards to design, so since I went to architecture school, I right now I'm a production designer on some on a short film. I think design just intrigues me a lot because I also when I when I do a photo shoot, I don't just take pictures. I design a shoot specifically for my clients or the people that I shoot with. So for example, when I shot with Jen, um, I really try to understand her personality, try to understand her style a lot more. And then, so from our recent shoot, which was like one of my favorite shoots ever, we did a picnic style shoot where I see that her style is very girly and very elegant and she has a very classy style. So I designed like a picnic shoot with these picnic cloths that basically goes well with the fabric of her dresses very much and also brought along with some flowers so to me like I love doing photography because it's not just purely photo taking for me it's a creative direction and it's also a work of design and so it's basically everything okay thank you so much for that yeah so in terms of jumping Mm -hmm. right into the business side of art and things like that how did that work out for you how did you get your start I'm still really starting in this but from one of the questions that you showed me earlier in regards to um, some of the questions that you had in mind was uh, why do you think education is important for artists so I think this is actually Mm -hmm. this relates to that question very much so I think going to school as an artist, you actually meet a lot more people around you. And because of that, you understand more about business. You have professionals who you can refer to about the business side of things. 
through school, I've learned more about copyright. I've learned more about how to charge people. I've learned more about when people are taking advantage of you and what work for hire is. If I could encourage anyone, I would really encourage people to at least take some courses about the specific field of art that they want to go to because it really just helps you prepare for the industry. And if you don't really know what's going on, people would take advantage of you. In this world where photography or filmmaking is becoming so popular because you can just grab your phone and just take pictures, there's a lot more common photographers or videographers out there. And so I think people need to protect themselves by understanding what goes on in the industry. And I think education is where they can find that. Good tips. So speaking of the Mm -hmm. industry as this sort of nebulous entity that we're talking about, you also mentioned, Mm -hmm. again, being into photography, filmmaking, design. Are those separate industries? Do those cross over a whole lot? What does that look like? Oh, they definitely cross over a lot because in nowadays as a photographer, people expect you to also do video. When you're basically taking pictures, if you're not doing like event photography, you basically also have to somewhat help with the styling and being a stylist, you're basically kind of like a designer. So all these industries really do cross over. However, people, there's actually a lot of different roles in each industry if you really become very, very professional. So for example, like on a film set, Like there's so many specific roles inside that people don't understand or know about. So if someone, the director is not allowed to touch the cables on the ground because they could potentially electrocute themselves. Whereas if you're a photographer, you kind of do touch the the cables, which is so it's very interesting because um, the industries are seemingly so similar And they do cross over, but it's also different at the same time. Was it difficult to navigate the different ones just starting out? Yeah, definitely. I think also for my short film, for example, I went to, I just did my master's in photography. For the short film, I actually didn't receive any education on filmmaking aside from this one cinematography class that I took. So every single thing I actually went onto YouTube and learned it off there. And all the kind of rules and these kind of things I was reading, I was just doing a bunch of research and reading about it. And so, yeah, it's definitely important to understand the differences because it just is easier for you in the future. And so you don't have any misunderstandings with any people that you work with. Because I've also had some of my friends who would come onto this film set with me and sometimes we have misunderstanding about the roles that they're doing because they're not really in the industry. I see. And how about artistically? How does the artistic process differ between various mediums that you're working in? I think you definitely have to think outside of the box. For me, you know, on Instagram nowadays, you see people posting so many pictures that look identical or sometimes on YouTube, you know, all this kind of traveling videos just Mm -hmm. look the same to me. For me, I feel like people sometimes need to find their own style in photography or filmmaking or design and because everyone can do the same thing. Everyone can copy each other. But the most important thing for me as an artist or 
photographer, filmmaker, designer, I think it's important for you to find your own voice, find your own style, because people are going to want to work with you if you're unique. People are going to want to work with you to create something that is even more special than what they have out there. I think that's important. So does your own artistic style ever clash with what the client desires? Yes. Some clients just want really simple mainstream photos or videos. And sometimes that makes me upset because I wish they would prefer my creative style. But I also understand that they have their own vision. And it's really important to understand what your client wants and to follow your client's vision as well. But I would say to you know any artist, if your client really just don't value your creative direction, then maybe you're better off working for some clients who value your creative direction. I see a lot of people like devaluing themselves by being too cheap. I don't think it's worth it. I think they need to understand how valuable they are as an artist. And do you see a lot of artists in your personal circle, I suppose, struggling mm-hmm. with that personal artistic expression versus what the industry wants at the moment? I think it's interesting because when you're in school, they encourage you to create something unique, something that speaks for yourself. But then once you get into the industry, you basically just have to follow the mainstream path. Then, you know, once you become successful, you're basically allowed to do something unique. And I find this path very interesting. I just, I wish people would be more open to something different, but I guess because the industry is mainstream, it's difficult for people to want something unique. Do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's coming through. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, for example, like, you know, for Mm e-commerce shots, like people just want a product against a white background and... Mm -hmm they are never going to want something different because that's how the industry is. If people could value something that is different, maybe their products would sell. And how does your workflow or artistic process differ from client to client? Is it very different or is it sort of the same going from person to person? It's definitely different for each person because I always do a consultation session with them to understand what they like. Most of the time, my clients have been really incredible and they tell me that they would just like to follow my artistic direction. That's something that I really love about them because then I can really be inspired by my clients or whatever they prefer. They all start off being quite similar, like a consultation session to understand their goals and their needs. But then you look for different things to satisfy the client, to help the client achieve what they like. And do you have any big artistic influences on yourself? Yeah, definitely. For me, I take all my influences from movies, actually. Any movies by Wong Kar Wai or some of my, one of my favorite recent film is Blade Runner 2049 because Mm -hmm. I just find the production design incredible, the cinematography incredible. And that's just like a film that any creative has to watch. Have you ever seen it? No, but I've definitely heard good things. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. I've had some people who fell asleep, but if you watch it for the creative direction, uh-huh. you won't fall asleep. <laughs> okay. I feel like I also need to go back and watch the first before I jump into this one. Oh, okay. Yes. So I'll, I'll plan a double feature at some point. You should, definitely. 
So what does that exactly look like in terms of a film influencing your work? Is it purely the visual aesthetic of it? Or are there also more film specific aspects that maybe influence your filmmaking? Things like editing or shot mm-hmm. composition, anything like that? I think it's the storytelling part in films that that makes me like to use it as inspiration. Because in a film, every aspect is influences the story. So for example, if you watch, what's a film that you've watched? <laughs> um, <laughs> do you watch movies? <laughs> I do. I do watch quite a few. One okay. that you would also be familiar with? Yeah. Let's see. Have you seen Big Lebowski? No. <laughs> Have you seen any of the recent Marvel movies? I have, yes. Okay. Uh, what's a recent Marvel movie that you've seen? <laughs> what's a recent one that I've seen? I've seen Infinity War. I've seen okay. the Iron Man ones. Okay, great. Let's use Infinity War as an example. So, for example, if you watch Infinity War, every single object, every single, like, even even wallpaper or every decoration in the, in the film is designed by a production designer. And even if there isn't a character talking, or even if there isn't a character in the film set, you could just see a story that this production design tells you. Like, for example, the personality of the character, or like the characteristics, or some things that the character might have gone through. And with the cinematography, each different shot adds to the film and so when I do any creative projects I just love using films and as an example because it just compiles every kind of creative element that is out there even like music or acting these are creative aspects or elements that impact my work and I think people should really watch more films (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a preferred genre? Drama, definitely. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so I've been pretty into screenwriting, actually, for a little bit. Oh, interesting. And I feel that one of the the coolest aspects of being creative at all is that even when you're going to watch a terrible movie with your friends that they want to see, mm-hmm. um, there's there's things that you can draw from the experience, even if you don't like the movie at all. Yeah, that's hilarious. What Have you been writing your own screenplays recently? I have been, yeah. So a big chunk of my writing time has been for the different cultural shows that go on here at the university. I've been helping with writing a lot of the the skit aspects of those. And then I have a a few other projects. Thank you. A few other projects that I'm doing for me. Like what? So I'm working on a short film script and I'm working Mm -hmm. on a, a feature film script. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, hopefully it'll come together at some point soon, and maybe we can see them uh, come to life a little bit. Yeah, what what genre are these? So the short film, I guess they're both comedy dramas, coming of age kind of a thing. John Hughes was a pretty big inspiration for these two in particular. Mm-hmm. The short film is about two people who fall in love, but mm-hmm. who are held back by baggage from their previous relationships. Okay. And the other one, the feature would be a a coming-of-age tale where a bunch of high school students who are about to graduate find a diary for an older man who is losing his memory. And he was using this diary to help remind himself of who he was, but he lost it. So the kids are trying to get it back to him before something bad happens to him and he doesn't know who he is. Oh, that sounds like such a sweet story. Hopefully it'll be sweet, yeah. Hopefully it'll be (laughs) fun. Well, the feature, is it supposed to be a drama or a comedy as well? I suppose somewhere 
in between the two. A little less comedy than most John Hughes films, which again was a, a big reference point for me personally. Have you seen Lady Bird? I have. Lady Bird would be a great tone for me to strike if I could. Oh, okay. I think that's really cool. I do too. Hopefully it will be cool in the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. And right now you're going to school at Bing- Binghamton, right? Yes. And so how do you propose to make these films? Honestly, writing is my most favorite part. So just yeah. doing this is pretty enjoyable for me. And if yeah. I intend to take any sort of creative career into account, that mm. would probably be where I want to situate myself is primarily writing. But I've met so many awesome people here on campus who are into filmmaking or writing or just creative mediums in general. That there's It's such a rich hotbed for collaboration. That's so exciting. It is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Definitely. And like, do you see yourself going into this creative writing industry? Possibly. Still mm-hmm. figuring that part out, but I'll let you know as soon as I know. <laughs> you know, based on what I've said, I feel like if your gut tells you it's the right thing to do, you should definitely do it. Okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, sometimes I've met, you know, some of my friends in Hong Kong who are still pursuing architecture because it takes around seven or eight years to become an architect. And I basically dropped out after four years. You know, Mm -hmm. some of them are so bored with life. And there, I guess some aren't, you know, not everyone is depressed, but some of them are just so bored. And it makes me really sad because I know how talented they are if they wanted to pursue something different. So I I hope the same thing doesn't happen to you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sure everyone's journey is also particular to them. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you find whatever you want to do. And I'm sure you will find it. Thank you. Thank you. So with that, I think I'm going to ask you now, do you have any general tips or advice for people who are looking to jump into some sort of artistic career full time? I know we already Mm -hmm. touched on a bunch of themes or general tips that you said. Is there anything else or anything you want to reiterate for the people? Um, Any general tips? If you're scared, it's not going to be stable. Like, if the reason that you're not going into this kind of creative industry because you don't think it's going to be stable or if you think it's going to be hard, then I just don't think you should be scared because any career is going to be unstable. I mean, even if you become a lawyer, for example, if you take on a client one day and then you do something terrible and the client sues you, you end up losing your license. It's not stable for you anymore because you never know, you're probably going to lose your job one day. And in a creative industry, this state unstableness is higher than others but you can also find different ways to make it stable for you for example there's there are different ways of passive income as a creative right now i'm selling presets on my website i've been surprised at the results from this because i never thought anyone would buy them but actually people do so i think you just have to think outside of the box and really push yourself to do something and i think being a freelance person you have to have good scheduling skills good time management and just try it if you're too scared give yourself like a year do as much as you can and if it and if you fail then fine you can go back to doing whatever you did before but at least you tried i love it and let's see Mm. one more question here do you have any favorite stories or memories going throughout your career 
I think The Dragon Dream is definitely my favorite project and the best stories so far from this because when we started we had zero budget for this short film but we managed to pull so many things off i my producer stephanie i told her i'll give you 50 dollars can you feed 20 people two meals and she managed to pull it off which was incredible as well she wasn't just a producer she was also doing the hair and makeup. She was also helping with the script. It was just mm. incredible. All these friends who are willing to help you when you have a project like that. And we just have so much fun on set, you know, trying things out or trying different things. And I think back then I was still pretty new to like filmmaking. And so there was this one time we were trying to plug two or three RE lights into this house. And then the power just died. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> And like, I had no idea what was happening. I didn't know how to fix that. Thankfully, we had an engineer in the house and mm. we fixed it. So yeah, I think just going out, you know, making projects and collaborating with people will bring you some of life's best moments. And I highly encourage everyone to do that. Awesome. And where can people find you online? They can find me at www.sophiechungvisuals.com. So it's Chung, C-H-E-U-N-G. Beautiful. Thank you so much for hopping on to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And I wish you the best of luck in everything that you're doing in the future. You too. And I look forward to watching your films. Oh, okay. I'll let you know <laughs> when and if that takes off. Okay. Well, after this interview.